Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast, the podcast focused on helping civil engineering professionals succeed by exposing them to interesting civil engineering projects and successful civil engineering professionals around the world. Hosts Anthony Fasano and Christian Knudsen had successful but unconventional civil engineering careers and now focus on helping civil engineering professionals achieve their goals in work and life. This is the Civil Engineering Podcast, the show for civil engineers who want to gain insight, build knowledge, and rock it in their career. I'm Chris Knutson, your host for today's episode, and I trust this finds you doing exceptional wherever you are and whatever civil engineering project you're working on. Anthony and I enjoy delivering these bi-weekly episodes, and if you'd like to hear more, let us know what you think. Send us your thoughts over on civilengineeringpodcast.com or leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd love to see those. Now, in today's episode, I interview a successful attorney and mediator, Ken Strongman. Anthony and I specifically chose the topic of mediation because it's an alternate dispute resolution process that is found in most engineering and design services contracts. And we thought it'd be highly useful to let you learn about it. And if you're already familiar with it, then provide you with a perspective from a highly accomplished attorney. Ken and I go over the basics of mediation or the 101, if you will, but then we deep dive on a couple of items associated with preparation for mediation and then what to expect during the mediation process. But before we dive into the main segment of the show, I want to take a moment and recognize our sponsor. Now, that's right. We actually have a sponsor on the CE podcast. It's with PPI, who also happens to sponsor our other podcast, The Engineering Career Coach. We're really excited to partner with them and for their support, which helps to make this show possible. If you're thinking about taking the civil FE or PE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in civil engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code CIVIL at PPI2Pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, Pass.com. And use promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. Now, I also want to let you know that Anthony and I have joined with Jim Rogers, who I interviewed back on episode 14 about writing winning proposals to launch the Seller Doer Academy for Civil Engineers. Now, this is the first virtual learning system that helps engineering firms sustainably win more work. And you can learn more about the Academy at SellerDoerAcademy.com. All right, now it's time to jump into today's main segment, How to Resolve Conflict and Civil Engineering Projects Through Mediation, with mediation expert and attorney, Ken Strongman. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Now it's time for this week's Civil Engineering Conversation, where we talk with civil engineering and other professionals who have had success in their field and are making a difference in the civil engineering industry. I'm excited to have with me today, Ken Strongman. Ken's an attorney with over 14 years' experience and a growing national reputation as an attorney, mediator, mediation trainer who has successfully conducted more than 1,000 mediations. His major practice areas include business securities, construction defects, real estate, insurance, technology IT, intellectual property, employment, environment, energy, and trusts and estates. He's also a judge pro temp. His degrees in urban and regional planning from UC Davis and business administration and information systems from Golden Gate University provide a solid basis for accelerated resolution of legal issues in the subject areas that I've already mentioned. He also serves as a mediator and arbitrator for the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. Ken practices as the principal mediator at the mediation office of Kenneth P. Strongman and is a board member and mentor at the Congress of Neutrals, where he taught mediation skills for prospective mediators. In addition, he's an adjunct professor at the John F. Kennedy School of Law, where he teaches mediation and legal ethics. Prior to forming his own mediation office, he was a litigator in the title insurance defense. Before attending law school, Ken had a 15-year career in IT at Chevron Corporation. Ken, what an amazing 
resume, and I'm really excited to have you on today's show. Welcome aboard. Thank you. So we're going to dive into the topic of mediation, which for many of our listeners may be really the first exposure they've had to the topic. And so I guess maybe one of the first questions I'd like to just ask you is in the context of engineering design and construction, what is mediation? Mediation is the process of resolving conflicts, looking at more or less the differences between litigation and mediation and arbitration. Almost all professional service contracts now contain clauses requiring mediation before anything else. And all the construction contracts I've seen also have the clauses requiring mediation. For even larger projects, they're developed dispute resolution boards that are created at the signing of the initial contract to actually hire mediators to resolve conflicts as the project progresses to its completion. Aside from the contract, if there's dispute that gets litigated in the courts, the courts, despite the fact that mediation is a voluntary process, will encourage mediation and they'll do it by simply as, okay, why don't you guys go out and mediate and come back in six months? And if you come back after the end of six months and have not mediated, say they'll tell you, well, why don't you go out for another six months and do it, try some more. Mediation doesn't stop at the initial court level or even before. Even if you have a dispute that has a gone to court, gone to trial, and you have received a judgment and somebody appeals it, the appellate courts will also send you back out to mediate and come up with a different solution to the process. So it's used throughout the pre-litigation, post-litigation, at any time. Maybe just to kind of differentiate between mediation and then litigation and arbitration, what the three of those terms mean? Litigation, you're going essentially to the government, the court system, to and have a judge and jury solve your case. And they have no engineering exposure. The judge went to law school. He didn't go to engineering school, so he has no clue what's going on. And you will totally lose control of the process. Your lawyer will take over. As an engineer, you'll have little control over the outcome. And you will do it on their time schedule, which will often take up to five to six years to come to resolution. Arbitration, I always consider it to be private judging. As an engineer, you have a say in the selection of the arbitrator so they could actually have some exposure to engineering. And the major advantage over litigation is it is under your time schedule. It's much faster. You can actually get it accomplished. The disadvantages is you still lose some control because the arbitrator makes the decision and not you. And once their decision is made, it is final and there's no appeal. In mediation, you actually come together to craft the solution to the problem. And you work with the other side, and the mediator helps facilitate the discussion and the process to actually come up with a different solution to resolve a dispute and make it better. So really what we're looking at is between litigation, you, you really, if you end up in litigation, you really have, it's, it's really the least control that an engineer can have, whereas mediation, you're really looking at, at a collaborative effort between both disputing parties or maybe multiple disputing parties, and you have the most control over potentially what the outcome might be. And that would be the biggest advantage to anyone approaching mediation is that you have control over the solution. You turn it over to the courts, they take over, they have, you lose total control, and it's under their time schedule. Litigation is also much more expensive than arbitration or even uh, mediation. So just to, you know, again, getting back on the mediation again. So I think for many, it's, it potentially is easy to go, okay, I can see where 
you know, where an issue may end up in the courts. I mean, we see on the news, you know, major issues. The first one that came to my mind was like the I-35 bridge collapse in Minnesota a number of years ago. And that ended up in the courts and, uh, you know, it was just a very, very ugly litigious outcome from that one. With that one, you know, it's kind of maybe being as a, an anchor uh, with litigation. What would be some types of perhaps uh, cases that you're familiar with that, that oftentimes end up in mediation? Or maybe I'll just ask a, a kind of a follow-up question already in the front end. Are really any type of any type of disputes that may arise within an engineering design and construction contract open to mediation? Let me answer that in a roundabout way. In Fresno, there is a court-sanctioned program to mediate between victims of crime and the actual perpetrators of crime, and it's called a Fender Reconciliation Program, and actually is a means of setting the sentencing of that. A friend of mine is working in a maximum security women's prison in California to teach mediation skills for women prisoners to resolve their disputes. And last year, I even mediated a case that the underlying dispute was a murder. So I have a since you say there's nothing that you have in engineering that can't be resolved by mediation. And that is interesting because the research I had done, I had no idea that there were uh, what I would classify as being very criminal cases that had, uh, you know, had ended up in mediation. So that's uh, interesting to hear that. Yeah. So that, yeah, you're right. That's a roundabout way to pretty much say that if it's uh, in the realm of, <laughs> in the realm of possibility, it's in the realm of. If it's in the realm of business engineering, there's no reason it can't be mediated. That's pretty clear to me now at this point, and hopefully for everyone that's listening to the show, it's pretty clear to you that if you have a dispute, it can certainly find its way to mediation. So I guess maybe on the, the flip that around, it's pretty clear now that that uh, pretty much anything can go to mediation. So let me ask this maybe is, and this is really kind of getting into what I would classify as being really the tactical elements of, of a uh, mediated case, but how many parties can participate in a mediation and do each of them come represented by their own counsel or are they just represented by themselves or do they represent themselves or do they bring their own counsel to the mediation? The simple answer is that um, you want all the stakeholders in the same room at the same time. You really want the decision makers on both sides of the dispute to be there and therefore you could have as many as possible. I mean, if in a large construction case, you would have subcontractors looking at the Veterans Bridge in St. Louis. If that was a dispute with that, you would have various government agencies present and all subcontractors and any other buddy that could possibly help resolve the problem. And don't forget that you definitely want your insurance adjusters in there if you're triggering insurance. And any silent partners of any business that you're dealing with, investors and the like, you do want your attorneys there. It depends on how it is structured. Like if you were in a dispute resolution board, you would probably not have your attorneys there because you'd already have set up the mechanism for working the process and setting up the mediation. But if you are in past that and are still potentially litigating, you definitely want your attorney present to advise you. So if I'm, I'm walking into a mediation, how does that usually unfold? Like we're talking, I, I mean, the question would be like, you know, timeline? What would I expect as I walk into a mediation? Maybe paint for us what the environment looks like in a general mediation. First of all, don't wait to prepare yourself before, just before you walk in the door. Mediation really starts when you contact the mediator, and that is when it is really starting and the conversation starts working back and forth between the mediator and you and the other parties. 
There are basically four major steps in the preparation of mediation. First is to prepare yourself, your expectations and realities. It, you need to realize that it is possibly your best and only day in court. You need to intent, know what you want to communicate, and you want to know what your goals, needs, and interests are in a solution. You also need to do a risk-benefit analysis of what, where you're at in the process and to understand where the best alternative to a negotiated settlement would be or the worst alternative to a negotiated settlement would be. And you also need to develop some settlement scenarios. What can you live with? What are some, start thinking outside the box of what could possibly do. And then you also need to recognize the other side has interests, goals, and needs as well. And you need to be aware of those. The second thing is to prepare your attorney. Define the issues with them. Make sure you both understand the facts and the law. If necessary, prepare a decision tree and find out how the, the attorney wants to present you. He or she wants to showcase you and how they want to do that. Then you also need to prepare the opposition, their attorney, their adjuster, their CEO, or the decision maker. Don't burn bridges. Most disputes that wind up in litigation are communication problems. So you need to really keep the communication going and actually step it up. You're looking for a win-win situation and recognize that the key players have egos as well. Yes, you're all supposed to be engineers and you don't think emotion has anything to do with it, but we're all human and everybody has egos and everybody has emotions. And make it easy for them to, to give you what you want. Don't hide the ball. And then provide their decision makers with all the necessary information to what is really going on because the CEO of the other firm may have no clue of why they're there. You want to send copies of the mediation brief to the other parties and make sure that the their attorney forwards it on to their insurance adjusters, their CEOs, and other interested parties over there. And finally, you need to prepare the media. You need to prepare me. Educate me. Be willing to engage in pre-session conferences. Make sure the right people attend. And that's really telling me is, okay, who are you going to have attend, and who do you think the other side should make sure that they bring to the, the mediation? And also consider site visits and other pre-session preparations. That might be important. Ken, how long does a mediation typically, t I mean, and maybe this is based off of the complexity of the actual case that's being, that's being presented, but there, is there a typical time frame? Are we talking something that may take a, a day, you know, a week? You already shared with us, if, you know, if, if a situation ends up in litigation, it could stretch out to five or six years, <laughs> which is, you know, I think for most, most anybody that's listening to this, especially if they're a uh, company owner is thinking, yeah, it's the last thing that I need is litigation that's taken place over a half a decade. One of the points that you already kind of laid out was that, you know, mediation is accelerated. What are we thinking here on timeframes, typically from your experience over the mediations that you've overseen? For actually setting up the time frame is from my initial call to the actual mediation session, it could be as little as a month or no more than three months. I will set them out further, but it's usually what we like to get them accomplished within a three-month period of time. And for the actual time at mediation, it's planned on at least one day, depending on the complexity and the number of stakeholders. The more stakeholders you have, the more people I have to talk to and the more people have to share their opinion of what's going on. So that we can stretch it out to one or two days. We also sometimes take a break and say, okay, we're not gonna accomplish it today, 
we need to do more research, do more homework, and we'll come back in a month to do it. And this happens a lot. It's very useful to come back as, okay, we've solved these particular issues. We, there's, we have these left to do. We will do some various homework and then come back in 30 days to do it. So let me ask, maybe it's kind of a follow-up to the explanation that you provided on what a mediation sort of looks like. So would you recommend if, let's say I'm getting ready to go into a mediated or mediation, let's say if I've got a, just an attorney that, that normally is my firm's attorney that maybe deals with uh, helping me review contracts and, uh, and other business-related issues, would I want to work with that individual? Or if I'm getting ready to go into the mediation, especially if it's, this is the first mediation I've ever been in, involved in, would I want to have or would you recommend I seek an attorney who has had experience in the mediated settlements or mediation before to kind of help coach me and prepare me for that mediation that I'm about ready to go into. I would talk to your general counsel of your firm and they will probably be the one driving it and making that decision. The usually the general counsel is a major decision maker. So you kind of want them there in the first place. And they could also delegate that job to another attorney or even an outside attorney. They would know best on that. If you're going in first time, ever done it before, tell your attorney and have them coach you and instruct you how to act. But once when in the mediation, I really want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from your attorney because you are the one who knows what happened and knows how to solve the problem. And the attorney's there to coach you to help you to think of outside the box and to lay out the law just in case we want to, we're trying to forget the law. So you do want them there, but we do want to hear from you too. Confidentiality of the mediation process helps protect you. So anything you say in mediation cannot be used in court. And we have very strict laws in California for that. And we also have virtually every jurisdiction has similar laws. Maybe on that point as a follow-up, this is this could potentially be something that if California has very strict laws on confidentiality, maybe this is something you can share here on the show unless you unless you do know it or if there's a perhaps maybe a, a reference or a website out there that someone can go to to maybe to look up in their jurisdiction on whether or not they've got the same confidentiality laws. Or is that pretty standard across the jurisdictions in the US? They would probably Google easiest to Google mediation confidentiality per their jurisdiction, and they should come up with something fairly similar. Also, they simply send an email to the general counsel, and they could probably come back with that in two seconds flat. So who in general chooses the mediator? I mean, is this something that's that's agreed upon by both parties, or is it something that's stipulated in, the, uh, in a contract um, on the front end? Uh, that's a couple answers to that question. Uh, all parties must agree to the mediator. I am neutral between the parties. So each stakeholder that is in the mediation has to acknowledge and accept me as the mediator. If it's the mechanisms within the contract and specifies a specific provider of mediation, you do not have to follow that. You can actually, between the parties, agree to say, okay, I would prefer to hire Ken Strongman instead of going to XYZ provider. But it's the parties that choose the mediator. So what, um, in your professional opinion, what are some of the qualifications of a good mediator? Able to build trust and confidence quickly, excellent interpersonal skills, patience, and sense of humor, creativity in solving problems, able to think outside the box because 
you've been looking at this problem one way since the beginning. You need somebody to help you and help everybody else to, okay, let's think outside the box. Let's see if we can come up with a different solution. And willing to do anything and everything they can to encourage and assist the settlement. And the final is to make sure that they're prepared for mediation. And that's that they've read all the briefs and done some basic research. So, yes, we've kind of been unpacking the fact that mediation is, you know, is a, it's certainly a, a good route to go, really to expedite resolution of a dispute that may arise in, a, in an engineering design or construction contract. From your experience, have you seen cases where mediation doesn't produce, you know, you're just not able to arrive at a resolution and if that's the case, then what happens coming out of a mediation that doesn't produce an agreed-upon resolution? First of all, unfortunately, it does happen. We really need to test why it does not happen. Is there some missing information? Is there something more research we need to do? If we've, what we call it, it's reached impasse at some point in the process, and I look at it as, okay, is there something we could agree? Is there a parcel solution we could develop? and not solve the one issue that seems to be the hang up. And see if we could proceed with that and maybe possibly reschedule another session if the parties want it. Sometimes it might be better to have a different mediator. It does happen. I'm finding that happens a lot these days, that one mediator will try and tackle the problem. They'll get to a point and they'll actually work the problems and they're very good mediators, but it's for some reason the solution didn't happen. And that they come to me and then we could quickly resolve this problem. But if you do not reach a solution, total failure, you would either go back to arbitration or litigation. Such if you can't take it through the fast route, you're going to end up on the uh, slower route. Yes. And that's, that's usually a good threat to, okay, maybe we should rethink this and solve this problem. Yeah, certainly. It just seems to me that if, if you weren't, uh, and especially if it meant that you had to you know, change mediators, you could still... I think that that specter of a five or six or plus year uh, litigation process, I think for many, many firms, you know, is probably a, a prime motivator to figure out a way, a good way to mediate something. So, Ken, what do you mean by the, I, I've been out looking at your website, by the way, and uh, what do you mean by the byline, mediation is conflict at its best? Well, I have to give you a little history on that one. Throughout history and virtually every society or culture, they have used mediation in some way or another. And for some reason, somehow in the last hundred years, the USA has gotten out of mediation and focused on litigation going to court. I have to go to court and have my day in court. And that's why we've become a very litigious society. Well, way back in the 60s, the hippies, I'm from the San Francisco area, so I get to talk about the hippies, started rebelling against the establishment and rediscovered mediation as a means to solve problems. And, but their intent was to eliminate all conflict. They wanted to be a total peace. Around the same time, the business community, and I lump engineering into the business community, were facing an average time of getting to trial of up to five years. And this was obviously expensive and counterproductive. At that point, they started experimenting with mediation to quickly resolve the disputes, and they recognized that you could do this, but it was also, you didn't get rid of the conflict. Mediation is conflict, just like a football game is also conflict. For myself, mediation does have conflict, as you slowly reach a conclusion, and it, but it is controlled, so it doesn't get out of hand. And a better solution, to me, results when we recognize that there is conflict, and we just need to work through it as we work through our lives. 
Therefore, to me, mediation is conflict at its best. That's a good. That's a really good explanation, and uh, <laughs> I like the uh, I like the fact that you brought the hippies into it. So that's that's great. So on that on that point, we've got to ask you the question that you know the kind of the current legal landscape that's confronting engineering firms today in industry is it more or less litigious than let's say maybe a decade ago? I mean, do you, do you see kind of the trend moving more towards towards mediation, or is it still pretty much for the most part in the realm of uh, in the courts through uh, litigation or arbitration? I would say the trend is towards more mediation. Uh, the larger projects get the dispute resolution boards going and that they resolve most of the problems there, but definitely mediation. And even if you wind up in court, the courts will sense the engineering and construction cases are very complex by their nature. They have a tendency to want to send them out to mediation right off the bat and keep encouraging them to go out to mediation. Okay. Predominantly, is that in the private sector or are you seeing the, the kind of the same trend maybe with projects in the in the public sector? So, you know, so for engineering firms that are either dealing with the municipal, state or, uh, or federal government. Well, for example, dispute resolution boards are required by um, a lot of the government in- entities. That is a condition of the contract as you set up a dispute resolution board. So the, the governments, I believe it's the World Bank, even up to international projects like the World Bank, want dispute resolution boards on any of their projects. Where can uh, people that are listening to the episode today learn more about the work that you do and uh, more about mediation? They can check out my website. I do do a blog. They, they can subscribe to my blog. And it's uh, kpsstrongman.com. Okay, great. And, and for everyone listening, and you don't no worries about having to having to uh, write that down, especially if your uh, if your hands are on the wheel. Uh, we'll uh, we'll include uh, yeah, absolutely doubt, yeah. and we'll uh, we'll <laughs> certainly include the links uh, in the uh, show notes for today's episode. So, Ken, I, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show. And I've got one last question to ask, which is one that I ask all the guests that come on the show, and it's the critical civil engineering career elevator advice question, and that is if you got in an elevator with a civil engineer and had about 30 to 40 seconds with him or her and had to give them some advice in that short period of time, what would it be? Almost all disputes are basically essentially a communication issue initially that gets out of hand, and mediation can get your pro- the communication going again to actually resolve and get back to the project back on track, and that mediation is conflict at its best. That's awesome. Ken, thank you so much again for coming on the show. I've certainly learned a lot more about mediation and everyone that's listening today. I hope that you have as well. And remember, you can find the show notes for today's episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. And I also want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Engineers often ask me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FE or PE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. Now, I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exam, and I recently had a chance to demo their civil FE and PE review courses. It's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code CIVIL at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. Until next time, I wish you smooth execution of all of your civil engineering endeavors. 
Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.